you are listening to Looking for Love and More, and I'm your host, Dr. Lori Buckley, and I'm here today with my co-host, Melanie Hudson. Hey, Lori. So happy to be here. And I'm always happy to have you here. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So today is a good day, and we are going to talk today about really just some limiting beliefs or myths about sex. Things that we believe that get in the way of us being able to feel good about ourselves, about our partner, about our sex life, or even to be able to enjoy sex. And there's so many of them. So we may not be able to cover them all, but I want to talk about some of the ones that I see, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts and what you have found in in your practices and working with men and women when it comes to sexual energy. Mm -hmm. Because sexual energy is such a big thing. But our thoughts and our beliefs create our experience. So I have men and women coming to me with concerns that they have. Maybe it's about themselves. Maybe it's about their partner. They usually call it something around performance, but it could be that they're having difficulty having an orgasm, or if it's a guy that he's coming too quickly, or maybe he's not getting erect. And that can come from the man or the woman who is concerned about that. If her partner isn't getting erect or not feeling like she feels like he doesn't desire or her, there's a problem. And so sometimes she will come to see me about that. And sometimes men will come to see me around the same things. They're not feeling desired or their partner's upset because they're not getting erections the way that they would like, or their partner wants them to, and they take it personally. So all of these things get in the way of, I'm going to say, not just our sex life, but our relationships. And they really can be problematic. And if we have a belief It just gets confirmed and confirmed and confirmed. So one big myth that I see all the time, and I've talked about it on the show probably more than once, but it is really the biggest one that I see that we believe, or the myth is that sex needs to be preceded by sexual desire, or we're supposed to be in the mood. And not only do we feel we should be in the mood, but our partner should be in the mood. And that is problematic because if we're waiting to be in the mood, or we're waiting for our partner to be in the mood, or we ask them if they want to have sex, or they ask us if we want to have sex, and the answer is no, then we start to feel rejected. We start to feel that there's something wrong with us. And when we understand understand that we need to be stimulated before we feel like having sex, then it changes everything. And it's such an important thing. Uh, You know, men, they've been told, we've all been told that men just get an erection instantly by looking at a beautiful woman. He wants to have sex all the time. That is another myth, but it sort of feeds into this. It's just not true. And it causes problems. One of the things that I teach and share is about energetic connection. And I agree with you. You don't have to have a desire to to have sex with your partner, but you can create that desire just by having a connection, an energetic connection. And the connection can come just from consciously opening your heart and opening up your own sexual energy. And you can consciously share that with each other. And when when you're both open with each other and you're both wanting to connect sexually, Mm -hmm. but maybe you're not in the mood, you can actually feel each other. You don't even have to hug. You don't even have to kiss or anything, but you can feel each other's energy. And when there's an energy of love, of caring, of compassion, attraction, a little bit of sexual juice, there will be a little bit of sexual stimulation that can happen. Yeah. And and it doesn't even have to necessarily lead into sex, but just that connection itself can be so satisfying. 
and so fulfilling. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I imagine there's a lot of people who don't quite understand what that means. I will say that we do need to have the emotional desire, mm-hmm. oh, yes. right? the emotional desire to connect. The physical desire can happen based on what you're saying yes. once we open up to that. When we recognize that we have that emotional desire to connect and we create that space for that, exactly what you're saying, we can experience really incredible feelings, sometimes sexual, sometimes not, but they can, if you keep going with it, if you want to, Mm-hmm. then become sexual and you become aroused and they become something else. And that is such an important thing because if we feel we're supposed to have that physical desire, be in the mood, be horny, whatever you want to call it, first, we don't even give ourselves that space and time to create it. And I love what you're saying because just that creation of it is so important sort of the journey, not the destination. It makes all the difference in the way that we can really feel and experience love. And, you know, and it's important to respect each other as um, as partners. So even if you really want to have a sexual connection and you really have all the intentions of creating that sexual connection and you have a nice connection, but you still don't feel like having sex, then just honor that in each other. You know, so much of a good relationship is respecting each other and being considerate and being um, conscientious of their needs and desires. So when your partner doesn't hassle you, doesn't pressure you, and you can still, and, and accepts you where you are, not only does that help the relationship, but it might actually lead to the desire to want to have sex. Exactly. You know, not yes. wanting to be, not being pressured is a good thing. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And sometimes we feel pressured. We're not necessarily being pressured. And, right. you know, it, it is important that we recognize that. But that space that we have, when we have it, we generally will want to have sex more often. When there is what, what I call non-sexual touching or non-demand touching, when you know it's certainly accepted and desired to touch your partner in a sexual or non-sexual way, but that it doesn't mean that you have to have sex, that there's no expectation of sex. It gives you more ability to connect. And like you said, generally there will be more sex, but even if there isn't, the relationship is in a much better place. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another myth with that is that men want sex and women don't. Hmm. Now, I know that we're more enlightened these days and we realize that women want to have sex too, but there still is this myth, I believe, I hear it all the time, that men want to have sex all the time and women don't. They need to be pressured or convinced. And that's really not true at all. No. We all want enjoyable sex. I shouldn't say all. Most of us want enjoyable sex. And we also want to feel desired by our partner. There's not that many differences when it comes to desire or wanting to feel desired. There are differences in the way we get desired. And that can be a gender thing. I do think there's definitely differences between men and women, but it's also an individual thing. So going by what, oh, men like this or women like this or women don't like this, that's problematic. We want to really find out what our partner likes, what they want, how they get aroused, how much they desire sex and not have any judgment. Just be able to understand and accept that we are all different. Yes. Now I can understand 
some of that myth because, you know, when you think about women and the responsibilities versus men, especially when you're talking about women who are raising children and maybe working a full-time job, I can see where maybe there is less of a desire for sex because of their lack of energy and also for the distraction. In fact, I actually spoke with a friend, a male friend who's married, who has children that are still at home. They're high schoolers. And he mentioned that his wife didn't like to have sex because the children are in the house. Mm, yeah. So, and she felt intimidated. She didn't want them to hear. So they need play dates, obviously. But <laughs> yeah. um, so there might be reason for that myth, but it's not because of sexual energy. The wife probably or might want to have sex just as badly and, and greatly as the man, as her partner, male partner. But um just feels intimidated or just feels too tired or pressured. Oh yeah. I'm not saying that there aren't women who want sex less than men. Mm -hmm. There are, there are also men who want sex less than women. That's and, true too. And again, it's not just, it's not just having that assumption or that myth that this is the way that it is. And, and again, being able to understand if you are not feeling like having sex, to be able to talk about that and find out ways that you might feel more in the mood and we can actually talk about some of those things because I think it's really important as opposed to just thinking, oh, I'm not in the mood, so we're not going to have sex. Now, when people do have children, men and women, their sex lives you know, tend to go on the back burner for a bit. There's a lot of things that change in their life. They go from being lovers to parents. They go to being able to sleep and take showers when they want to not being able mm -hmm. to. So there is exhaustion. There's identifying differently. There is a lot of time and energy that is devoted to taking care of a child. So people generally need to find their way. I do think to give yourself some permission to not have sex be a priority, but also to find ways to navigate through those first few years so you don't lose that connection with your partner. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, yeah. we can put all of our attention on our kids at any age. So we want to make sure that we are giving some attention to our partner and our relationship. So that's important. Uh, that that's, that's one of those things that isn't a myth. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's right. a reality. And a lot of people forget that that is a reality, that it's okay to not feel like having sex or not have your sex life look the way it did before you have children. Mm -hmm. Again, you want to be able to be intentional and make sure that you don't lose that connection, that you take the time to be together and to have sex together. But the first, the first couple of years, certainly the first months, you know, it's not going to be what it used to be. It's going to take some time to figure that out, but it does also take that effort to do it. So let's, I think since we're talking about desire, I would like to talk about those things because it's really important, the things that people can do to increase their sexual desire. Yeah. Because again, if we're saying it's a myth to feel like you're supposed to just be in the mood or your partner is supposed to be in the mood... Well, I think it wouldn't be fair of us to not talk about the things that you can do. Yes. <laughs> right? Let's hear it. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, I think one of the biggest things is to expand your definition of sex. Mm. So that's another myth where sex is intercourse. Mm -hmm. Sex always includes intercourse and orgasms. So expanding your definition of sex is going to give you more opportunities and creativity to be able to experience each other sexually. So it could be outer course. And outer course, oh, my definition <laughs> of that is having sex 
with your clothes on. <gasps> Love it. Right? Love it. So that's dry humping. Ooh. It's some serious making out yes. sessions. It's seducing. It's really fun. I love it. I love the, the word. It's a good <laughs> one, right? And then there's other course, which is everything but penetration. Oh, wow. Right? Oh, I love this. Yeah. So that could be, it could be oral sex. Mm -hmm. uh, it could be also, you know, dry humping and making out. It could be all kinds of things, but it's, it's actually it can be intentional saying, let's not have intercourse or let's not have orgasm. That can really Ooh. add some eroticism. Oh my God, I love this. Yeah. So there's a lot of really fun things you can do. And I just think making out can be one of the best things. It's one of those things that we do when we're younger or when we're in new relationships that we generally don't do as we get older or when we're in relationships for longer. And if you think back about the fun that you used to have, it's really an important thing. I heard a myth about ki French kissing and the tongue, I heard that the tongue actually connects to the heart. So I don't know if that actually means like there's a meridian that goes from the tip of the tongue all the way to the heart, or if it actually there's some kind of uh, muscle structure or some kind of a, <laughs> uh, arteries or something mm. that lead to the heart. But have you noticed that when you French kiss, that it is so arousing, it is so, it, 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 it's so deep. There yeah. is such a depth in, in that. And maybe it's the saliva exchange. Well, there is happens. testosterone in the saliva. Ooh. And I think there's oxytocin and testosterone and things that happen when we kiss that physiologically do change our state. Now, I, I see actually quite a few couples, even this week I saw a couple, two couples that were saying that they don't kiss and they don't really enjoy kissing. And it really is one of those things that not everybody enjoys or knows how to do. Mm. And it is something that I think is worth exploring, yes. finding what it is that can feel good because it really can connect and be so pleasurable and so intimate. You know, it's the old story that prostitutes don't kiss because it's too intimate. It mm -hmm. can be more intimate mm. than intercourse. It can. Yeah. And so many different styles, just not even touching lips, but feeling each other's breath on each other's lips or just brushing past each other's lips or teasing lips and then kissing on the cheek. It's, yeah. Or kissing other parts of your body. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be on the lips. Exactly. Yeah. Being able to just not have any pressure to do anything, but focus on pleasure mm -hmm. and giving and receiving pleasure in all kinds of ways that do not include intercourse or orgasms can make a huge difference in your sex life. I think it make a, a huge difference in how much you desire sex. Now we're starting to add in other components that sound maybe more exciting, but create more opportunities to explore. And then we'll probably lead to more intercourse, you know, in the end, if that's what you want and orgasms, but that's not the goal. Just getting rid of the goal is such an important thing. Yes. Trying new things. It's kind of that mm -hmm. same thing. If you are doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, sexually, it gets boring. It's not very exciting after a while. You know, I like routine. It's one of the benefits of being in a relationship that we know what our partner likes and they know what we like. And there's certain things we can count on in a way that can add to the experience. But rut is not good when we're doing the exact same thing. When we can predict 
like really predict. I know exactly what my partner's going to do. We're going to mm. kiss, and then he's going to grab my nipples, and then I'm going <laughs> to suck on his cock, and then I'm going to get on top of him, and then you know he's going to come, and maybe I will. Maybe I'll get out the vibrator. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll fake it. I mean, this, oh my know. god. I mean, these are things I hear, right? These are things I hear all the time. So mixing it up and it doesn't have to be, you know, anything really huge, any great challenge. It just could be doing something different, kissing differently, doing it in a different room, doing it at a different time. Maybe Mm -hmm. you usually have it at night, sex at night and is doing something in the morning. These things can definitely increase our desire. Mm -hmm. So it is taking the time, not being so focused on intercourse or orgasms, creating that space, trying new things, having fun, remembering to kiss. These are all things that can make a difference because we want to enjoy each other. We all want to feel desired. Even if we don't want sex, we want to feel desired by our partner. We don't want to feel that there's an expectation. Exactly. These are things to think about in ways that you can improve your sex life and to also really check out some of these beliefs that you might have. You might have a belief about your partner, what they like, what they don't like, what they will do, what they won't do. And if you believe these things, they're going to limit your experiences. They may or may not be true. So having a conversation and asking questions is always an important thing. And to think about some of these messages you got growing up. What is the perfect body? What is beauty? What is sexy? Right, We Mm -hmm. talked about these things in our workshop, being able to explore these things and how are these beliefs you have or myths getting in the way of you feeling good about yourself, your partner, or your sex life. So I encourage all of you listeners to start thinking about these things, check it out, have some conversations, because I promise you, you will definitely change your experiences. And if you change your experiences, that's going to increase your pleasure and your desire. Thank you, Lori. This is super illuminating information. In fact, I think it's another invitation for people to get creative, do a little research, figure out ways to make things more exciting, explore together. Things like that will help to create a deeper bond and a, a more loving, respectful, exciting relationship. So thank you so much for sharing these tips. Oh, my pleasure. It really does make a difference. I'm just thinking about some another one that I just have to talk about before we end the the myth that we're supposed to come together and have simultaneous orgasms like that is a perfect one that example of how that gets in the way of our pleasure the shoulds yeah the shoulds and the shouldn'ts like check those out shoulds and shouldn'ts are often problematic if not always, I always like to say, switch your shoulds to want to, don't want to really check out those shoulds more often than not. They are problematic from all of my experience. I really do believe and know that it is these myths and these ideas and these beliefs that are so hurtful and problematic for our, our own well-being and confidence and our relationships. So listeners, if you have any that you thought of that we haven't, and I'm sure you do, please send them in. I really want to hear from you. Also, if you could write a nice review for us on iTunes, it would be really appreciated. We don't get many reviews. I don't ask for them. I know most podcasters do. And so it would be really wonderful if you could do that. It would be greatly appreciated. And I do appreciate you listening. So we will be talking to you soon. Thank you so much, Lori. What a great, a great show. Thank you, Melanie. Bye, everyone. Bye.